It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Welcome back, this is the Locked On Celtics Podcast And we, the Raining Jays, want to thank you for taking us along with you Wherever you go, whatever you do, making us part of your daily grind is very much appreciated. I am John Corrales of MassLive.com, joined today on Monday by Jay King of The Athletic. Talking about a really crappy weekend of games, and uh, I think we've got tacos to hang, hand out later, but at least one. We'll figure that no, out. <laughs> not not many tacos. Not many tacos. But we got to start with Kyrie and what he said after the loss to Orlando is too much to quote. I'll paraphrase. But if you go to the Mass Live YouTube page, shameless plug, the whole video is there and you can listen to it. But so Kyrie said after the game, and I think it's really important that you watch the video, actually, uh, because he said, again, that basically the youth is the issue here or part of the issue, not the only issue, but part of the issue. And that the inexperience on this team uh, basically is is causing some guys, they, they just don't know what it takes, and, and maybe questioning the motivations of some players. And the quotes themselves, Jay, come off as pretty harsh, and they may come off as maybe a little bit douchey. But having been there and seen it, they, they, there is a harsh tone to it a little bit, but he was very matter of fact. Like he was just a statement of fact, like we don't have the experience. Like the guys in Cleveland were there and almost on their last legs, as he put it. They, they, this, this has been Kyrie's message it has the been. entire season. It's it, not this the is first something time. he's harped on. He repeatedly blames inexperience for the Celtics issues. He repeatedly points out the youth. And if I were a young guy on the team, I'd be kind of irritated with how often he blames the youth and inexperience. And it's like, guy, we, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. We almost made the finals. We've all done a lot. And I, I know what he's saying, that it's different with the expectations. And it's different with everybody needing to shrink into smaller roles. And this year is different. But if if I were one of the young guys and he kept blaming the young guys all the time, especially I didn't think he was great down the stretch. He took one three against Orlando. He scored a lot, but one of his threes was like really quick pull up points in the last eight minutes of the game. Really quick pull up three <laughs> right down the stretch. That was a key moment for them um, that I would have 
that shot was bothersome. And then he flipped out on poor Gordon Hayward, even though Tatum got, I think, a pretty decent look given how much time they had. He did. So I think I think Kyrie's frustration in this case um, went kind of a little over the top. And it's, it's, it's weird that almost every time they lose, he gets frustrated like this and he throws the young guys under the bus. And he goes out of his way to to kind of blame the young guys. So here's my and just, theory. Just, like literally two games ago, like he was he was as as happy with the team's progress as he's been all season. And then, but he always always goes back to the youth. I I think that he's talking to different people, and I think early on this season he might have been talking to Jason Tatum, and he might have been talking to Jalen Brown. And I think this time he was talking to Terry Rozier and without saying names. And this is his way of saying things why, publicly without saying Why names. do you think that? Just because Terry didn't play well yesterday? I think because of the way he phrased it, the way he, he put the, the quotes. And I'll, as I'm talking, pull up the quotes that I have transcribed from there. But he was talking about guys coming off the bench and the roles and the minutes that they got. And, and that's why I think this is different than – the other ones where he was talking about um, the youth. And let me see here. He, he mentions the roles that they play and making the most of the minutes that they get. Uh, I can't find it, but because he's, he, there's so much, he says so much when he's, he's doing a quote, but he's talking specifically about the guys making the most of the minutes, whatever minutes they get. It, he, he, feels like he's talking specifically about guys coming off the bench in this role, in, in this particular tirade. And the, there was two guys that came off the bench who were young. It was Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier. Now, Jalen Brown had a, a pretty good stretch scoring-wise. He had a couple of mistakes, a couple of bad fouls. Terry Rozier was awful, though. I mean, he was really, really, really bad. And I think there's – I think he saw that. And he saw, like, Rozier checked into the game, and they were up 12. And next thing you know, it all fell apart. And and Rozier got caught uh, chasing guys around screens and fouling. And, 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 and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he had a bad defensive game. I feel like he got caught up in the Terrence Ross three-point shootout. I think he had some bad turnover. He's only down for one bad turnover, but... I, I have a feeling that he's talking to Terry Rozier specifically, and he wasn't talking to the same guys he was talking to, even though he said a lot of the same things. Either way, it's been the same message all season. And it has, yeah. And I, I, I wonder, and I'm legitimately curious, why he's so public with these complaints and these criticisms. Like, Why not just talk about these things behind closed doors instead of after every loss or almost every loss it seems he's he's blaming the young guys blaming the inexperienced talking about it and obviously there is some of that like there's some truth to it there's some truth to the fact that guys in shrinking roles have struggled to adapt and it hasn't this hasn't been obviously a consistent celtics team a team that consistently relies on good habits and that's just hasn't been the Celtics team. And so I understand his criticisms and they're fair criticisms in a lot of the case cases, but it's, it's just, it's, 
it's weird to me that he's he kind of just beats that drum repeatedly and and I wonder why he's doing this i i there's got to be a reason and, and maybe maybe it's the wrong reason uh if we're if we're going to take it at face value let's say that he's saying things that are true and he's saying it for a reason let's say he's doing it for a good reason then that means that there are young guys on this team who aren't doing the things that they should be doing which you could also say it's kind of funny because he was a young guy on a championship team that might not have been doing the things that he should have been doing, that he admittedly would say that he wasn't going into like take care of his body the way he used to, that he admittedly had been coasting on defense. So maybe he's just speaking out of experience as a guy like, hey, don't do what I did or, or something like that. I don't know. But he's... He's got he's got his reasons. Maybe this is his way of trying to be a leader. Maybe, and that's the other thing that's in play here. Kyrie is learning how to be a leader. Like he, this is the, his first real chance to be the guy on a contending team. And there's I'm sure some of this might be a mistake on his part. Maybe he's miscalculating. Who knows? But. There's a reason why he keeps going back to the youth, and and I, I I think I think there are guys there that that need to get this message hammered home. It's it's funny to me because he he's stressed many times like I'll be the most patient guy, but I think also there's an urgency for him. I, I think he realizes that this team has a lot of potential and that the Eastern Conference is open, and that to to seize this chance to reach the finals and then do whatever else uh, maybe challenge you know probably the warriors i'm assuming that the warriors will win the west again that i think there's an urgency and and that urgency is kind of testing the patience that he stressed he would have this season right and like like it's it, but it just seems to me like like the celtics have been building better habits like their offense, for the most part, has been great lately. Obviously, it was bad in Miami, and obviously there were stretches when it was not good in Orlando. But, like, in a lot of ways, this team has has begun to do what Brad has been asking all along. And, and then there's, like, one little speed bump, two little speed bumps, I guess. And, and Kyrie just goes back to beating the drum again. And so there's, it's just a weird dynamic, I think, um, with, with all the criticism he's given. And I've asked some of the young guys about it and they're, they're all like, yeah, he's Kyrie. He has, he's, he can, he can do that. We, we respect him as a leader. We respect what he's saying. Like it doesn't bother us, but if it were me, I'd be like, yo, every time <laughs> you gotta do this every time, <laughs> just have a chat with me, man. Right. Look, I, I think just being there, Kyrie was pissed. Like he was, he was pissed. Uh, and I didn't like the way the last play went as far as the way he reacted. Like he, he needed to just let that go and handle that in the locker room. Like he didn't need to do that on the floor. Uh, I, I didn't like that, but he was pissed and he got into the locker room and he sat at his locker and he's playing on his phone and going through the texts and he's got his earbuds in and he's, he's trying to get himself to a place so clearly that calm himself down or something. He took a long, long time just sitting there. And then 
he showers, he comes out, and he sits down, and we know what Kyrie is when he's talking. He just comes out, and he answers the questions, and he gives his long, rambling answers. And he started out with one-word answers. And so he, we knew he was pissed off. Then eventually he kind of, you started to see the things start to let go. Uh, and that's, I think, I don't know, maybe there's another possibility here that, that that was kind of like a crutch that he, as he was just blowing steam off, that he just kind of went back to that thing that he knows is still true. I don't know. Uh, from the young guy's perspective, it's hard. It's hard for them to be pissed. It's hard for Terry Rozier to be pissed the way he played. Like you can't say shit to Kyrie Irving about this the way after playing like that. You just can't. So I don't know. It's hard to say without being in that locker room, like I, when the media is not there. I think you can though. Like, like no matter how poorly you played, there's to me it would, it would just get grating to to hear him read his quotes every day mm-hmm. and just see like day after day young guys this young guys that young guys don't have the right habits young guys and but then what do you do you go say something to him I, yeah i mean it's just to me you, you you can say something like it it doesn't have to be like because you played poorly you can't say anything it's like if right. if, if if he's being too repetitive with that and i i think honestly I, I think he is at least publicly like there's there's no need to to do it as often as he has <laughs> it's literally almost every loss he says something about the young guys um it's just just a sure. it's 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 kind of weird and the the reaction after the last play was over the top that was it was it was like okay he passed to Tatum. He thought Tatum was open. Tatum actually, like, wasn't a great look, obviously, but with 2.8 seconds, I think it was, uh, you're not going to get a great look. It was, it was a decent shot. and It was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. When he took that so, shot, I didn't think that that was a crappy shot. And I get why I get why Kyrie wanted the ball. Like, he'd scored a lot of points in that fourth quarter. He's, he's, their, he's their guy. Um, so I get why he wanted the ball. I get why Hayward passed the Tatum. Like everything was understandable, but yeah, it's, 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 it hasn't been a happy Celtic season so far. No, it hasn't been, been like the most pleasant ride. When things are going great, they're going great. And when things go bad, they really seem to go bad. Let's take a break because let, we'll get into those games. We'll talk about what actually happened in these games in Orlando, in Miami, and then we'll just go from there. So we're going to take that break. We'll be right back here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. 
local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So the Celtics went into Florida with a four-game win streak, and everybody was just giddy, giddy over the Celtics. They had waxed the Indiana Pacers, and everybody's feeling themselves. And then they go into Miami, and that was that was pretty predictable. That one was pretty kind of uh, that. I know you guys talked about it a little bit to, to see those guys kind of fall apart. Like you, you kind of knew that was going to happen on the back to back. They didn't attack. They did the thing. Whenever they get tired, whenever they, they get this bit of adversity, they do the thing where they swing the ball around the perimeter, but they don't try to get into the paint, and they don't work the ball to uh, to move the defense. They're just kind of passing to pass, and it doesn't do anything to, to free up anybody. It doesn't do anything to create lanes to attack. It doesn't do anything. And then they just rely on isolation jumpers. And so that's why that's why I asked Brad the question that he busted my balls about afterwards because you could see it coming. You knew that that, that was going to come. So I think Miami and Orlando were different in in the ways they were disappointing because in Orlando, I thought they had control of that game up until the middle of the third quarter. They they were just going up twelve middle of the third quarter. They were cruising. That was just going to be an easy plotting yeah. twenty point win. They played a great second quarter, like. Looked like they had full control, and then, boom, nope. <laughs> that was a rough loss. That was, that was a bad loss, especially with the standings the way they are and Boston needing to make up ground to get home court, not just in the second round. Forget about the second round. First, first they got to get home court in the first round. Right. Um, so they, these games, because they, they dug themselves such a hole, it's – it's more troublesome to to lose games like that. And so that that was a, a bad loss against a very mediocre, not even mediocre <laughs> Magic no, squad. Orlando is, is, yeah, not even mediocre is a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, okay, so you let Terrence Ross get hot, okay? That that happens, I guess. Um, it's I was watching that collapse there, and some of the shots like, – he was defended. I mean, some of them were bad defense, but some of them they wasn't bad. Once he got going, the got magic going. actually hit a lot of shots. Like Fournier hit a couple tough ones. Yeah, yeah. they they hit some tough Augustine, tough shots. Yeah, they, but that's what happens when you let a team get comfortable, and that that's kind of been the Celtics' undoing sometimes. Is that like for a few stretches they they give up easy points, and then by the time they try to buckle back in, it's like oh these guys are going. And and it's tough to shut that faucet off. Yeah, what I mean, they had in that stretch, they had a couple of three point pl- three point fouls. Uh, 
You had Jalen Brown fouled Ross. Uh, I forget who else had a three-point foul. They had a couple of bad turnovers. Jalen Brown got caught in midair at half court for some reason. Uh, I don't know what that was. That was a horrible turnover. Just self-inflicted wounds. But they still went into the fourth quarter with a lead. And it just slowly, they just kept on losing it. And they just, sometimes they just forget. They just forget how to play basketball. They get away from the things that work so easily. This is why when I, when I wrote on Mass Live, I compared it to just eating pizza and going for, going for the, the bad food because it's so easy to just go for the bad food. It's hard to run a healthy offense. It's hard to work hard and eat right and stay healthy. It's, it's much easier to sit on your ass and eat pizza, and the mid-range jumpers that they take are basically their version of sitting around and eat pizza. They, they love doing that. It's fun. It's easy. and they're, they're supposed to be good at it. They're supposed to be good one-on-one players, but they just fall into those habits so, so often. And when things – the problem, if there's any one thing I'm worried about with the Celtics – is that generally when there's some sort of adversity, that's their solution. It's not to work the ball around and get good looks for whomever gets the ball. When shit hits the fan, they have this tendency to be like, all right, fine, I'm just going to do this myself. That's that's their biggest problem. I think it's, it's weird because, like, their crunch time statistics have been great. Like their fourth quarter statistics have been great. It's, it's in like, like different moments sometimes when the stress, the game stress arrives and they haven't handled it always the right way. Watching the the last couple games, I kind of thought back to when Kyrie was on JJ Reddick's podcast last year, JJ Reddick kind of said to Kyrie's like, there's this trust about you guys. Like, even when you're down 15, even when you're down 20, you just play the same way. And you trust in the system, and you trust that you can come back. And you trust that, you know, as long as you keep believing in the system and playing together, good things will happen. And I'm not sure that's there yet for the Celtics. Like, they haven't – when things go wrong for them, like you said, they, they can fracture a little bit. And it's it's like that team, the, the cohesiveness is tenuous. The cohesiveness is, is is not like like fortified. It's not not solid. Mm-hmm. And and so when 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 they get a little stressed, sometimes they they come unraveled a little bit. Yeah. And and that's not good. And obviously, like they've had some unbelievable stretches of basketball. Some of the the offensive stretches that they've had some of them have been the best basketball pretty substantially that the Celtics have played in the Brad Stevens era. And, and then there are other stretches where it's like, what on earth are these dudes doing? Like, why, why do they just settle for, for average when, when they have it in them to, to be so good Mm -hmm. and, and that's just kind of how this team has been. It's 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 been a strange journey so far for these Celtics. It has been um, the the you know the crunch time numbers is funny. It, it kind of makes sense when you look think about 
the way the Celtics have played, they don't crumble down the stretch necessarily. They crumble in third quarters. They, they, when they have their issues and, and part of me feels like, and this is just a feeling I have to look at. I'm not even sure how I could even determine how, if this is true, I feel like when they're up 12 or 15 in the third quarter or something like that, whatever the number is that they feel good. And that's the, the opportunity going back to what Kyrie said about the young players. That's the opportunity for some young guys, guys off the bench to say, okay, we got, we got a lead. I can go off and kind of, this is where I'm going to get a few of my points. I, I'm going to get a couple of shots up here. And, and since we're up, we're up double digits, it's going to be cool. And that, triggers a little bit of a, a downfall and what ends up happening is Kyrie has to come back in in the fourth quarter and bail them out and then all of a sudden down the stretch they start playing really really well like they're like oh shit we're in trouble now we've got to move now we've got to play hard now we've got to really hit another gear and that's when you see guys really start to attack and cut and pass so yeah the fourth quarter crunch time numbers are great because they're constantly trying to climb out of these holes that they dig for themselves in the third quarter. So that's that's the biggest problem to me is those lulls, those those times and and I, I do think it's it's when the benches the bench players come in and they think that we got the lead, we're going to go, we're going to we're going to try to have a little bit of fun here. I'm going to try and get a couple of my points so when the game's over I have 14 or 16 points versus Let's just keep going and try to build this lead. And it doesn't matter if Robert Williams is catching a few of these lobs or it's Daniel Tice. Like it's, it, I, I just think the motivation, I think when, when Kyrie is talking about some of the motivations, I think that's what it is. I think some of these guys are, are looking to, to pad stats, I guess, for lack of a better term. And, and that's why I think he's talking to Terry Rozier because Terry Rozier is the guy who's, who's looking for a contract and Terry Rozier is the guy who's, trying to be a starter in this league and, and trying to show that he's he's got what it takes to, to do that. Yeah. Free throws, free throws. You know, if, if they make a couple free throws. I know. A couple extra free throws against Orlando. If, if they hit a few more threes, eight for 32, that's, that's about as bad as it gets for them. Then, you know, we, we may be having a different conversation right now. But... But they didn't. <laughs> Another low assist night. Nineteen, just nineteen after the thirty plus streak. You know, two games after the thirty plus streak. So it's peaks, it's valleys, it's <laughs> too many it's crit- peaks and valleys. Criticism, it's yeah, and and I think it's it's magnified. Every every valley is magnified because Kyrie comes out and just blasts the team. And whereas, you know, if I think if he was was less critical after games like that, it's like you can move past it and it's not such a huge deal. But also road 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 games are suddenly like an, an issue right. <laughs> that that hasn't always been there throughout the Brad Stevens era. So this is uh, it's been there are a lot of challenges this season. I really I don't think it's fair to say that that was him blasting the team because I don't think the tone of what he said I don't think I don't think the tone of it was blasting the team. I think he was just saying 
a matter of I'm, fact thing. I mean, he literally blasted the team. No, I don't see. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I I don't call it that because blasting it, blasting the team to me. Maybe you have a different definition, but blasting the team means coming out and just being like angry and, and like I, the. If you watch the, okay. the interview, John. I feel like I feel like he was just saying this is the case. It's inexperience. John. This is the case. <laughs> he he berated one of his teammates after the last play. That, that he sat. He sat. That's he sat in front of his locker, frustrated as hell. I wasn't there, but I read the tweets about it. Sat in front of his locker, frustrated as hell. Yep. You were you were saying earlier how frustrated he was. Absolutely. And then he was super critical of the team. That's that's but that's a blasting. That's no. See, I the what what happened on the floor is a different situation. That that is I I won't argue that. I'm saying that the criticisms that he said, the the youth thing that he said. That the tone of that, while critical, was not angry or negative. By the time he had gotten to that part about the experience, I, I think he just was being matter of fact. But that's people watch the video. Just make a judgment for yourself. Let's uh, just judge it for yourself. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with taco truck and whatever random thoughts we have. So stick around. We'll be right back. off every week by giving out our weekly awards we call it the taco truck the tacos are the awards our theoretical tacos born from jason tatum's love of tacos and piling a pound of cheese on each one of them the thing about this week jay is we've got two very distinct sets of games we've got the two games in florida that were just crap but we also have to consider in our tacos, the Brooklyn and Indiana wins, which were fantastic. And lots of good things happened there. So I guess we can – can we agree that like, there's the one, there's the Kyrie taco that's always going to be there, right? So Kyrie gets, gets – Kyrie doesn't get a taco from me. Oh, really? No taco. Ah. No taco. You, you're you're holding back on that because you're you're just pissed about how he, he blasted the team. Uh, I'm, I'm not even pissed. I mean, from from our perspective, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, like it, 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 it gives you an interesting thing to write about to talk about. Um, but I just I just think he lost the taco truck when he when he berated a teammate on the court, yelled at somebody, and then I, I do think like and maybe there's a, a a reason that he's so critical obviously he wants the young guys to change their habits and obviously he wants guys to make sacrifices and throw personal agendas out the window like he's been very very consistent with his themes this season um but to to me i i just think especially after the Orlando game he kind of went about things the wrong way and and mo- mostly, I mean, just the way he he went after Hayward, yep. and 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 doing that, it's like you're not just going after Hayward. Like in a way, you're going after Tatum because Tatum was the one who got the shot. And and to me, like 
yes, you, you want that last shot. And, and yes, maybe he deserved that last shot. Maybe the Celtics would have been better off with him getting the ball in that circumstance. But, but it, it just happened. It is the game in January. Like it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Woosa. I think this whole Celtic, this whole Celtics team needs to just take a few breaths. Woosa. And, <laughs> And just realize, like, as long as they play together, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I will, I will say I have one one other thought on Kyrie saying what he says. Uh, it's easy for Kyrie Irving to say, put aside your personal agendas and sacrifice for the team. Because Kyrie has the luxury of turning down more money than these guys will ever make in their careers to make twice as much. And it doesn't matter he, what he does on the floor. Like, he's getting that max contract in July, no matter what happens. Like, he's going to get that money. So he doesn't have the same thing in his head that Terry Rozier does, that maybe Jalen Brown does knowing that his restricted free agency is, is not that far off either. He's got a couple of seasons before that's coming up that guys have these young guys have these, uh, motivations. Maybe it's for an endorsement. Well, Kyrie's already got his endorsements. He's got a signature sneaker that everybody loves and wears around the league. So he has a luxury of being able to put all that stuff aside because he's not playing for anything else. Like for him, all that other shit's buttoned up. He, if he wants a Gatorade deal, he can go get a Gatorade deal. They're 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 dying to have him endorse something. He's one of the most marketable, one of the most popular players in the league. So, I think if I have that, might be my biggest criticism of Kyrie is that a little self awareness on on that front, knowing that you they're not in the same boat as you and maybe that might adjust his approach. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't give a shit, but that would be my, my one last point, I think. But I, I think he knows that. And I, I think he might. Yeah. But I, I mean, he, he has to know that. Does and, he though? and he said in the past, like when he was young, his priorities were different. He wanted to make all-star teams. He wanted So he understands like the perspective. And I, I think to some extent, that's why he's probably so urgent about changing young guys perspectives because it took him a, a long time to do that. And so I, I, I just think like there's an obvious urgency here for him. He wants everybody to get this right away. And, and it just haven't, hasn't happened immediately for the Celtics. And, you know, they're midway through the season now, still searching for that, that consistency that that they need to kind of start to get, gain ground on the, the, the teams in front of them in the standings and, and build the habits that will be sustainable throughout what they hope is a long playoff run. And uh, he... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it's this this is a very different Kyrie than it was last season, I think. And I think part of that is, you know, they they didn't have as many expectations last year. They came out had this 16 game winning streak, and from there it was like they didn't coast, but 
there's not nearly as much pressure on you when when you have that 16 game winning streak and you're dealing with injuries and young guys are just exceeding expectations at every turn there was never that pressure on this on the team last year that there is this year and and these players and I think Kyrie's one of them everybody's feeling the weight this year everybody's feeling the weight of expectations the weight of you know the the possibilities that exist for them the the weight of just kind of everything it seems like that's just been a lot for these Celtics to handle it has all right let's get back to the tacos let's get back to the tacos i am giving kyrie a taco just for the play on the court you want to disqualify him for that thing okay but fine fine i i don't like i don't like the way he acted after that missed sh- uh, the, that last second shot either but uh i think his his play was was worthy um also worthy, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give Mook a taco. Hit 17 points a game over the, the past four games this past week. Uh, shot very well, 53%. Shot three, uh, 60% from three. Uh, Can we added- put him on this same week he shoved Jalen? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's cool. That's cool. That I I don't think that was I don't think that was that big of a deal either. It was. That was over. Like that's 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 over. They're they're talking. They're they walked into shoot around together. Like they're that, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Yeah, but like can't be shoving your teammate, man. <laughs> right, and he's I mean, he said, and especially not not uh, not in front of cameras. Right, like but you don't know you don't, know, that, you don't know the whole thing. You don't know what was said. You don't know what what Jalen said to him that might. I have no idea, but I do know that it's a bad look to shove your teammate. Of course it is. Of course it is. But you you still don't know what Jalen said. And and he he had to say something. And, you know, we knew Mook was going to do. But that that was that wasn't a big deal. Like he didn't go at him. He just shoved him once. And then that was it. Like there was no there was no big thing. There was no hold me back. There was no none of that. So they went out and they played. They went back on the floor. So. It, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to linger or anything like that, but I'm just, I think, I think everyone should be eliminated from Taco Tuesday, just <laughs> Taco Monday, the Taco Truck. Everybody's eliminated, all of them, every single one of them. Really? <laughs> no, not really. Not but, really. but the two guys who played the best, <laughs> I think, should be eliminated. They did. They had. They had moments. That. Uh, what about Jason Tatum? Is Jason Tatum worthy? He had a decent week. Was yeah, it good I, it wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. Was Marcus wasn't good Smart, enough. Was Marcus? He had some great moments, against, especially against Indiana, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. Was Marcus Smarts? I think Marcus Smart gets a taco. That block. Uh, who was it that he blocked at the rim uh, in Miami? Uh, that was that was an incredible block. Bam at a bio. Yes, that and that was that was sick. That was sick. that was and and he was peacemaker. Peacemaker Marcus right, Smart, which got us a real funny quote from Brad. That was that was good. That yeah. Plus Marcus, I think did a did a solid job this week. Uh, still shot forty five percent for the week, which keeps on plugging away. That 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 shooting percentage is like I think that's kind of real. Like I think Marcus Smart this season, maybe it's maybe it's a fluke, but we've seen guys have fluky seasons, but. I think this is lasting for the entire season. I think Marcus Smart is, for whatever reason, this this particular season, just a 
35% three-point shooter. That's what the number is. For some reason, he's shooting 35%, and it, it's working. I'll believe it when I see it for a full season. Well, I mean, we're halfway through. At what point, honest, honest question, like, uh, it's been 42 games. At what point do you, I mean, do you, you have to go the full 82 before you say, ah, I don't know if this is going to last. It's, he's been doing it for half a season. Yeah. Yeah, I need a full season out of him. I've seen Marcus Smart have too many hot stretches. Yeah, but this isn't a hot stretch, Jay. This is a half season. We've all seen him have hot stretches where it's most been like two, three But most weeks. of it is from the recent hot stretch. All right. So I, 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 need, I need to see him do it over a full season. But I, I do think his shot selection, for the most part, is different. I think, like... I know he he pulled off the the rare air ball heat check in Miami, but for for the most part, I, I think he's he's limited the heat checks that kind of tore him down in the past, and so the shot selection. So he's shooting shooting a lot lot less this year. Although his three point attempts have gone up recently, but he's he's clearly being more selective about his attempts. Here are his splits. October, he shot 17%. So he's 3 of 17 in October. November, he shot 20 of 54. That's 37%. December, he shot 19 of 59. That's 32%. So he dipped in December. But now in January, he's 15 of 31. So he does have the past six games, he's shooting 48%. So that's obviously raised his percentages a lot. But still, still, he had a lull in December, but he shot 37% for the entire month of November. So this isn't just a hot stretch. I, I think there's some, maybe he's not 35 percent, but 33, 34, somewhere in that range. Which for Marcus Smart is is great. Like that's that's all you need him to be to be at least a threat out there. I fact, believe it. I'll believe it when I see him for a full season. He's had a great season. <laughs> he, he really has. He's done. He's been everything the Celtics could have wanted. That the, the shooting specifically, I will I'll believe it when I see it for a full season. But I will not be fooled by a Marcus Smart hot streak again. It's, and maybe maybe I'll be too stubborn about about making him prove it to me. But I I will not be fooled by another Marcus Art Smart hot streak. I won't do it. Okay. Let me let me ask you a question because I wasn't at practices last year. Were they doing those shooting contests contests at the end of practices last year? Uh, probably. You don't, you don't remember? Probably, at least sometimes, yeah. And you can't tell me that shooting contests make a huge, huge difference. The guys always shot a lot. Yeah, no, I'm just saying because well, it, it's something that Kyrie specifically referenced. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm not buying things. that one. I'm not buying it, Kyrie. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Like, if they're, if it's different that to say that they're doing it, they did it every once in a while. Now they're doing it like all the time. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there. All right. Yeah. Jalen does them now too, and his, his three point percentage is dipped. It's a different guy. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just don't. They shoot so much in so many different ways that I, I I'm not buying that the shooting contest is like a, a huge factor. Okay. I'm just just not doing it. Okay, you're not buying a lot. You're not buying anything in this podcast. No, I don't, I'm t- today. I'm very much a seller. <laughs> you're just selling everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then let's just sell the goodbye and say goodbye, everybody, and thank you for listening. 
new listeners, hope you've appreciated this show enough and enjoyed this show enough to subscribe. We certainly appreciate having you sample us, listen to us every once in a while, and hopefully you become a long-term listener. All of you people who have become long-term listeners over the past, however long it's been, people from the beginning, thank you very much. That is extraordinarily appreciated. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you go ahead and give us that five-star rating, a good review, and share the podcast. We still need more people to tune in, more people so we can rise up in the rankings. Tell them to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.